into the eyes of Jesus, which is a lovely, beautiful depiction. But it's a bit unrealistic. This is much like kind of a family photo. You look at a family photo, you see these happy parents with these wonderful, well-behaved kids, and you see all these, you see, you know, the flowers in the background, and you see all this kind of, this kind of majestic, you kind of imagine music going on as you're looking at this, this wonderful family photo, and then you visit their house, and you realize that's actually not the truth. The truth is things are a lot dirtier, things are a lot more difficult, things are a lot more, more complicated than what a simple picture can portray. And it's no different with shepherding. It's no different. Nogbach loved his cows. But the reality was is that Nogbach had to do some pretty mean things to them. He had to put them in a pen. He had to catch them with the cattle catch. That was a fascinating procedure if you've ever seen it. He had, to, he had to tag them. He had to inject them with shots. He had to do all kinds of things to these cows in order to keep them healthy. In order to keep, basically keep them able to be, to be proper cattle. It was a very, very, very complicated thing. And it's no different with shepherding. And shepherding, what I've heard before, is that the shepherds, whenever they have to go get a lost sheep, you know what they do? They don't just take the sheep and throw them on their back. They break the sheep's legs first. So they don't run away again. Break their legs. It's crazy, but these are kind of the necessary things that you have to do. In the same way, there's some necessary things you parents have to do with children that you probably don't necessarily like and don't necessarily want put on Facebook. It's just life. Welcome to humanity. It's complicated. And the sooner we can accept that, I think the sooner we can understand and recognize Christ is the good shepherd and the role of priests as shepherds of the flock. Because my friends, the more and more I, I the longer I'm a priest, the more and more I see shepherding very much like parenting. And parenting has some beautiful moments, some moments of deep intimacy, some moments of closeness. I've had a lot of those here in Sasebo. It's an amazing experience. I appreciate it very deeply. I feel like I've been very welcomed here. Y'all are amazing people. No question about it. But there are times whenever things get complicated. And our first reading is a perfect example of that. Here we are. We have St. Peter. Newly anointed by Pentecost. This man has an injection of the Holy Spirit surging through his veins. What does he do? He goes up before literally thousands of Jews. Imagine this congregation times ten. And he looks at them. And he says that the way to salvation, the way to ultimately be saved... Is through Jesus Christ, whom you, and he pointed at every single one of them, whom you crucified. Now, did Peter exempt himself from that? I don't think so. Peter knew he betrayed Jesus. He knew he had a part to play in that. Just like the shepherd knows that not every, he's not, he himself is not perfect. But there are times whenever the shepherd has to be blunt. And Peter was blunt. And what happened? They won 3,000 disciples over to Jesus Christ that day. One of the greatest conversions in church history. It was incredible. Baptized 3,000 people. Can you imagine that? This happened again in history with John Paul II. 
John Paul II was from Poland. Fascinating figure. Poland was, was previously occupied by the Russian communists. Very, very atheist. Very, very against Catholicism. And in his visit, he went time and time again and preached endlessly about the beauties of Catholicism. And preached endlessly about how Catholicism is meant to enrich our lives. To be and ultimately to fulfill this prophecy that Jesus says, I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the church. The church is here so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what John Paul II preached boldly and vehemently to the point where Polish communism ultimately collapsed in and on itself. It was incredible. Because he had the courage to confront evil, because he had the courage to confront the thief and the robber mentioned in today's gospel. Incredible. And more recently, we've had men in the church who've had courage to do some very, very uncomfortable things. Last month, the Filipino Bishops' Conference of Catholic Bishops, that is 88, all 88 Catholic bishops, came out with a document that was not and is not very popular. They were akin to Peter looking at his people and saying, you crucified Jesus. They were akin to John Paul II looking at the communists and saying, you are killing God. What did these bishops say? What did the Filipino bishops say? They reaffirmed that Freemasonry is against the Catholic Church. They reaffirmed that Freemasonry in no way, shape, or form is in alignment with the church. Why do I bring this up? Well, it seems like that's a common problem. It's a common problem not just in the Philippines, but in the Navy. And what these Filipino bishops did, very interestingly, was they looked to their grand shepherd. They looked to the Vatican. And they said, is there any way, is there any exemption is there any way we can find a possibly some kind of an agreement? And the Vatican every single time made it very clear that it is inappropriate for anybody to be in an organization that plots against the church to receive communion. It is 100% not okay. This is a rule from on high. This is a rule from Peter himself. These are rules that very much can be very difficult to swallow. It can be difficult to swallow that we crucified Christ. It can be difficult to swallow that we may have partaken or maybe even voted with a political party that ultimately banned God in the same way that John Paul II called out the communists. It can be difficult to swallow that an organization that tends to be very, very closely aligned with the Navy is against the Catholic Church. These are not easy truths. These are not easy truths to accept. These are not easy truths to swallow. The reality is, is, as every good cattleman and as every good shepherd must do, he must impose and do uneasy things. Things that are not easy to do, things that do not, are not particularly, do not bring a lot of joy specifically to him or even to the sheep or the cattle that he must raise. It's a great mystery. I don't understand it. I don't understand how, how, how difficult it, it, it could be. It's just something, it's really, really difficult how a person, how a shepherd can time and time again come in and ultimately straighten people out, straighten people out, and yet, somehow, people still love him. I don't get it. 
That was one of the things that, that happened with Nongbok. Nongbok was hard on those cows. It was incredible. He was an inc extremely hard on those cows. But every time that white Dodge Ram drove up to go see the cows, to go manage the cows, to go manage the cattle, the cows came rushing toward him. Cows never cared about our vehicles. They never, never cared if I showed up. If anything, I actually got chased by a few cows. They didn't really like me too much. But they loved him. And I'm not claiming I'm Nongbok. Nongbok was a great man, far greater than I'll ever be. I ain't claiming that I'm St. Peter, and I sure as heck ain't claiming that I'm John Paul II. But I must say, as the shepherd of this flock, I have got to stand firm with the institution that has sent me here and maintain with my fellow, with my, with my fellow clergymen, namely the Filipino bishops and the Vatican, that Freemasonry remains forbidden by the Catholic Church. Remains forbidden by the Catholic Church, which means that if, we are, if there's any of us that are members of this, this organization, we cannot receive communion. Now, there's a flip side to this. And this is what the Filipino bishop said, and I like it. The Filipino bishop said that while we continue to remain and point out and stress with the utmost vehemence the fact that Freemasonry is against the church, we remain open, close, and sensitive to its members who come to see us. We are open to discussing this on a case-by-case -case basis. I will repeat that. We are open to discussing this on a case by case basis, which means if you happen to be a member of the Freemasons and you would like to be an, a member and participate in the fullness of the Catholic Church, that is receive communion, that is be godparents, that is be sponsors, you have to see me. You have to see me. That's what a case by case basis means. It means we need to sit down and have a conversation. Some that I would actually enjoy. I, I like conversations. That's something that, that I did a lot of time being a city boy doing. Not a lot of time raising cows, but a lot of time talking. That's something that I'm pretty good at. Point being is please, 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 if this is something that is on your heart, if it's something that you would like to discuss with me, please, I beg you, please reach out. These things are not easy. These things are difficult. In fact, if you have more questions, I posted both the... The there's actually two documents by the Filipino bishops, one more recent, one from uh, 70 years ago, kind of explaining the problem of the Freemasons. They're on the bulletin board, but the reality is, is these things are up, these things are running, and these things will be affirmed here in Sasebo. Like I said, though, if you would like to discuss with me, I would be more than happy to have a two-way, not a one-way, not a one-way, but a two-way conversation where I would love to hear your input, your stories, and your feelings about this very issue. God bless every single one of you. As your shepherd, just know that I too am very, very great. I'm very, very grateful to be here. I'm very, very grateful that you are my sheep. And I'm very honored that the Lord has placed me here at this time and at this hour. Amen.